Good morning, Faith Assembly. How are you this morning? Doing all right? Oh, this was, you guys are awesome. <laughs> you guys are awesome. It was a beautiful service. I've had a wonderful time. Um, you mind we just pray so I can settle my heart and mind and get it back down to where we need to be? I mean, I'll pray for you too, but I just, Father, come Holy Spirit. You are a good, good Father. Just thank you. Father, I ask you that you speak to our hearts, all of us. You would open our hearts and minds to hear the words that you have to say to us for your glory in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. It has been a blessing already. Um, had some good food and good fellowship last night. And some good food at she hands this morning, <laughs> so I'm good to go. Um, <clears throat> thank you, Pastor Darren, for inviting me. It really has been precious. I want to. I've got several things that I want to share with you this morning, <clears throat> but I want to start with a people called the Maori. The Maori have um, they're an unreached people group off the east coast of Africa. I won't give exact location because we're recording this. Um, but they have been Muslim for over a thousand years. They're completely unreached. They know of a God, that their God is not a God of love. Their God is not a God of hope. Their God is a God who is waiting to the day that they die to decide if they've done enough good deeds that he judges that they can go to paradise or they'll be condemned to hell. And they don't even know how many points it takes to make that decision. That's the people that the Maori are. They are completely lost and unreached. And God is asking us to go there to that island to tell them about Jesus. To tell them there is a God of love. To tell them there is a God of hope and that he is their salvation. And so, you know, some people ask me, they said I was a lawyer, how in the world did you end up doing this? I was 38 years old, down in southern Illinois, Mount Vernon, Salem area, practicing law. I was born and raised in industry in a little Assembly of God church there. And you know, just because you go to church doesn't mean that you're following Jesus. It doesn't. In fact, I was 38. I had served as an elder in my church, even married. But I was addicted to porn and illicit sex, and I had gone a whole bad way. And people would say, those people are the people out running around the world, folks. I was sitting in the church pew. And people didn't know it. God, in his mercy, brought me down. Brought me down. I ended up at a Pure Life Ministries, which is a ministry out in Dry Ridge, Kentucky. And there, I'll never forget the day I was on the prayer trail. And read the verse, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider Others more important than yourselves. And God took the scales. Now, there weren't visible scales, but just the spiritual scales 
from my eyes, and I realized for the first time in my life, you understand, I knew every Bible story. But for the first time in my life, I realized, although I'd done a lot of good things for people, I'd never put anybody, God included, in front of Mark Haney. And then all that training paid off because I realized I'm lost. I'm lost. I'm lost. I gotta get, I gotta get saved. And so it was like, oh, I gotta get saved, you know. And then I realized I can't do anything to save myself. I can't scare myself into salvation. There's not, I, and I came to the point of hopelessness of doing the one thing that I could do. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And I cried out. And the scripture tells us that God is drawn to humility. And you can't get on your face and start crying that without humbling yourself. He's drawn to humility. And he did what only Jesus can do. He changed my heart. He changed my heart. And about a month later, he reminded me of the call he'd put on my life when I was a little guy to be a missionary. So I don't have the time today to tell you through all the details, but basically he led me to a specific island we're going to call Shipwreck Island, clear out in the Indian Ocean that I never even knew existed. So take from 38 to 48 is when I actually headed out to the island. You know, when Jesus changes your heart and you've been in a lot of mess, you don't need to go to the mission field right away. (laughs) You need to sit and heal and grow. But if you stay submitted to Jesus and to your spiritual leadership, he'll do things you could never imagine. And so, I didn't go to Shipwreck Island. The door wasn't open. But the Forgotten Islands are right next to Shipwreck Island. And so that's where he led me. So the video that you see is from the work that we've been doing on the Forgotten Islands. I'm there with a team. I won't mention what type of a team because we're being recorded. But we're there with a team. We're teaching English. And we're sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Z is a good example of what happens is that we share the gospel and when the time is right, we give out Bibles. Now, we don't have a lot of Bibles. I'm happy to report when I recorded that video on the island, there was one Bible for the group of that five guys. One Bible. Sorry. Every once in a while, your mind goes back to when you're sitting on the tin floor, shack floor of the tin shack, and you're watching guys who have never, ever opened the Bible before, reading the gospel and discussing it. And it's what we call (laughs) pre-discipleship, because they're not even disciples of Christ yet, but they're being pre-discipled and discussing it. And you just, you just, you never forget it as long as you live. Because they've never, ever, ever had someone come and share with them. 
But Z did 10 years before. So we know when we give these Bibles out and when we share. Oh, by the way, they have Bibles now. I had a trip. So this is how we do it. Um, I was back here in the States this January, and we had a big Africa House conference, and I had the privilege of being able to travel to South Africa. Well, the team from the islands were going to be there. I'm like, how many Bibles can you take? And so I had a church, buy Bibles and suitcase, and I lugged Bibles. But we can't ship Bibles into the island because they'll stop them at the airport. We can't carry in a whole suitcase because that won't go over real good with customs. So I took a suitcase full, and one team member sticks in. Everybody sticks one in their backpack because they don't check our backpacks. And then you stick one in the, um, in the suitcase, and then the next suitcase, and then the next suitcase. And that's how we, we don't technically smuggle them in because <laughs> they're not illegal. It's just they're not readily available. So anyway, these guys all now have their own Bible. Yeah. This is Mission Sunday. You need to hear some of those stories so that when you're not buying star... Oh, I can't say that word here. When... Oh, you don't... You want to buy coffee. So when you're not buying something, I always use the example of not buying coffee. And then I realized, oh, I better not say that. I'll get in trouble. (laughs) Um, (laughs) When you're not... When you're doing something that you realize, oh, we can't do that because we made a commitment You're doing things like getting Bibles to people who've never had the chance, never had the opportunity. Um, I went off script. So, um, (laughs) pastor encouraged me to go off script, so I went off script. I'm all out of order. But I want to talk about, when I was praying about what should I share here today, I kept getting one word, go. Go. So I want to talk about go. Why do we go? And I want to use the story of Jonah. Now, every one of us just thought whale, right? You know the story of Jonah and the plant, right? Jonah and the plant. We're not going to talk about the story of Jonah and the whale. We're going to talk about the story of Jonah and the plant. Y'all learned that one in Sunday school, right? All right, so what happens is Jonah, God says to Jonah, you go to this big city and you tell them to repent. So they repent because I'm going to destroy them if they don't. And he's like, no, I'm not going. He's like, well, okay, run. And he runs and he ends up in a whale, right? And the whale vomits him out, right? And now the story picks up. And so Jonah goes to the city. He does what God told him to do. He goes and preaches to them to repent. And then they start repenting. And Jonah gets an attitude. He cops an attitude. Because the reason being is he didn't go in the first place is because these people are wicked and they deserve to die. I don't want them to repent. They deserve to, and if you learn in history, they, they were a very wicked people. And so then Jonah preaches, and they start repenting, and he's like, I'm out of here. He leaves the city, complaining to God, and walks up a hill. You know, you've seen the pictures of a hill over a city. 
I, I imagine it like that. Walks up a hill and sits down, makes himself a little lean-to. He's going to sit there and he's going to watch and see, God, maybe you will just punish them. I think he was thinking, I know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Come on, just burn them, right? That's his attitude. And I have to ask myself, how many times have I not obeyed what God wanted me to do because I thought, wow, they don't, oh, not them. Or, oh, God, it's about me and, you know, I'm, maybe I'll be embarrassed or maybe I, maybe this, maybe that. I've given God excuses. Maybe I haven't run on a ship and got thrown over into a whale. But when God tells us to go, we need to go. Whether it's the go may be to the nursing home, the go may be to the next door neighbor. It may be to the grumpy guy down the street who'd be the last person that we'd want to go to. The person who we think, yeah, they definitely, they're, they're, they're a lost cause. That's what Jonah thought about the big city of Nineveh, their lost cause. Forget them, God. And so Jonah's up the hill, and he's under the lean-to, waiting for God to burn him. That's my translation, burn him. And you know what? God makes a vine to grow up on this lean-to. Now, if you're a gardener and you've ever gardened, you know that a weed can grow up overnight. Where'd that come from, right? And it grows up overnight, and it gives him shade. It gives him shade. And he loves it, because it's a hot sun. There's hot sun in the tropics. He wasn't in the tropics, but it was hot. And guess what happens? That night, a worm comes and eats the vine. And the next day, shrivels up, and it gives him no shade. And Jonah... Cops an attitude again about this vine. Why'd you make it die? Have any of you ever whined at God? You know what? Here's another part of going that we need to remember. I heard a preacher preaching about this, and he said, you know what? Jonah walked up the hill. He obeyed God, but what Jonah didn't do is he didn't stay in the city and disciple the people. And if you look in history, a generation later, God's wiping the people out because they went back to their ways. Because Jonah didn't stay in disciple. So one of the things that we do is not just lead people to Jesus, but disciple them. Disciple them. And then we get to the reason that I told the story. Because remember I said, why do we go, Right? Jesus changed our hearts. I pray he's changed your heart. If he hasn't, if you'll submit to him, he will today. But Jesus changed our hearts. And so we want to know what makes you tick. Have you ever fallen in love with somebody and wanted to know what makes them tick? Oh, my. You got some couples in here that didn't say amen. Right? 
You want to know what makes them tick, right? What do they love? Because I want to make them happy. Okay, those of you who have been married forever, just think about when you first got, you know, first fell in love. I want to make them happy, right? So we are looking to God, what makes him tick? Because he changed me. He changed me. And so I want to love him back. And so then, right there in the scripture, God shows us a piece of his heart. He says, hey, Jonah. Jonah, you didn't make that plant grow up. You didn't do a thing to take care of it, to make it grow up. It grew up overnight without your help, and then it died. And you're all hot and bothered about this plant. Should I not care about 120,000 people who don't know their right hand from their left? What God doesn't say but is understood in the story is, hey, Jonah, you didn't, you didn't make that plant grow up. I created those people. I created every single one of those 120,000 people. I know the number of hairs they have on their head, and I don't want to destroy them. I want them to repent and come to me. Do I not have a right to be concerned about them? And we see the heart of God that says, I'm concerned about a people that don't know their right hand from their left. Folks, I didn't know my right hand from my left, clearly. And there are people right here in Lincoln who don't know their right hand from their left. And he says, go, go. What's he asking you to do? To say, to pray. Go. The Maori that we're going to, we have been told that um, there may be a few believers among them, and there's more than 120,000. We've been told that when they figure out why you are here, they will put a curse on you clearly don't know their right hand from their left. And then we've also been told that even though they're Muslim, they still sacrifice human sacrifices among them. Clearly don't know their right hand from their left. And I read the scripture and God says, don't I have a right to be concerned about them? And the answer is yes. So will you come with me I know, I just asked you to come to an island where the people are going to put a curse on you. You know what? I'm asking you to come. Now, some of you, God might be talking to you. He's talked to you before, maybe. Said, hey, hey, hey. Will you go? Will you obey? Will you go in prayer? 
We need prayer. These people need prayer. If, 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 if churches aren't going to pray for me, I'm sorry, but I don't want to go. I don't want to go because we need prayer covering. Will you go in prayer? Will you go in giving? People say, oh, yeah, that's it. Do you know what? I, t- I talked to, told this to the Sunday school service this morning. We, we look at missionaries, and we look at the guy out there chasing rats out of his kitchen. He didn't get in the chili. I had the lid on. Um, so I'm really, no, I'm not joking. I had to chase. <laughs> I went in the kitchen. The rat was on the stove after my chili. We look at that. And we say, oh, God sees that. That's really important, right? Wow, that missionary is out there giving it. Do you realize God doesn't measure location? God doesn't look at it and say, oh, that guy, yeah, he's got a great reward because he's out on the mission field. God doesn't look at sweat and typhoid and malaria and say that's more important been tightening down because God put something on our hearts and we promised that we, we don't know how we're going to do this, but God's put it on our heart to give this much. And so we're going to do it because we're going to the Maori just as much as Mark is. That's how God sees it. He sees obedience. He sees obedience. The reward is the same. Is the same. In fact, You know, I've lived here and worked here. I didn't go out when I was 20, so sometimes it's easier for me because at 4.30 in the morning, comes through my window and I remember why I'm there. It's easy. I go outside on the street and everybody's lost. So it's easier sometimes for me to remember the mission than it is when we're here in the States just trying to keep going and get by. And boy, eggs are, I saw, I saw, I saw somebody posted a picture the other day of eggs, $16 a dozen in California. Right? Sometimes it's easier over there. But God says, will we go? Will we go? Will we answer that call that says they don't know their right hand from their left? And you have. You've been answering the call. That's what that back wall is about. That's what that back wall is about. So thank you. Thank you on behalf of those who have gone. Thank you on behalf of those that have had hope given to them. Life spoken to them. Come with us to the Maori. We're excited. We're excited because we know God's doing something in those people's groups. The islands are starting to show signs of life, of spiritual life. And it's been thousands of years. All right, I could go on and on and on and on. But I want to ask you if I could have the honor of just praying for you guys.
Would that be all right? Father, thank you for this, for this wonderful body of brothers and sisters. Thank you that you've given them a heart for the things that, are, that make your heart beat, that make your heart smile. Father, I ask you that would, you would bless them. Bless, they're going out, they're coming in, they're lying down, they're getting up. Faith assembly, may you be blessed in your relationships, in your relationships with family, in your relationships with friends, in relationships with each other, in your emotions, in your deepest heart, may you be blessed. May you be blessed in your finances, in your faith, in your friendships, in your loving, in your laughing, in your crying, as a body together, be blessed in unity, be blessed in the Holy Spirit, be blessed in giving, in sowing, in receiving, in loving. Be blessed most of all in your relationship with God our Father, who is a good, good Father. Be blessed, be blessed, be blessed.